everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well. Or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Uh, there you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. So good morning, Seven Run. Here we are apart together again. And I want to welcome all those of you who are on Facebook and on YouTube um, and I got it. I'm not gonna lie. I just want to say I really miss being together. Uh, I really, really do. Uh, and I'm grateful for what God's doing in our apart time, and He's doing amazing things. But I, I do miss our our together time. Uh, so in in honor of that, to help make it a little bit easier for me, um, John and 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 the kids, they they've helped me out a little bit with with an audience uh, that's kind of a stand-in for you guys. So please don't take offense at how you look. Um, just know that you're missed and, and that I am so looking forward to the time when we'll be together again. I want to begin this morning with a word of prayer and, and just to say we can pray with our eyes open and our, and our palms up. And I just want to invite you to do that, if you will. It's just a symbol of surrender. And, and let's just begin this portion of the service in prayer. Father, thank you for Easter. Thank you for new beginnings. Thank you that your love never gives up on us. It's never too late to say yes to your love. And today we say yes. And today we want to know what time it is. In this hard season, God, you are doing a new thing. Show us what it is. In Jesus' name, we are open and we welcome your work in our lives. Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing. I gotta, I gotta admit, I, I can't lie that um, I haven't always been excited about about um, where we are apart, but I trust God, and I believe that God is using these events, this uh, Corona season, to to grow His church and to refresh us and to awaken us and to bring us into a new time of life. And I'm especially excited about the new series that we're beginning today. We're calling it's it's time. It's time to grow. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, the scripture famously declares uh, that there is a time for everything. Verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. time to tear down and a time to build. Time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, 
and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This morning, I just want to say it is time for us to grow individually and as a church. You know, it's one thing to miss a meeting because you didn't know what time it is, but it's an entirely different thing to miss a season of life or your entire life because you never really understood what time it was. The reality is that if you don't get the time of the seasons of your life right, you're going to miss the meaning of your life. And the most crucial question that you and I have to ask today in any season of life is, what time is it? And more specifically, what time does God say it is? There are three ways to live in life. Backwards, circling, or moving forward in growth. Backwards is as natural as gravity. Busy isn't best, but forward is the vision of God. I want to share with you this morning from a 50,000 foot level that God's vision of your life on planet Earth is a vision of growth. All healthy things grow. All healthy things move forward. It's natural. If something is healthy, it grows. You don't wake up your baby in the morning and say, grow, little one, and, and, and you don't pour water on them and, and, and stretch them out. You just take care of them. And if they are healthy, they will grow, and they will learn, and they will laugh, and they will become, and they will dance, and they will run, and they will discover, and they will create, and they will be what God put in them from the beginning, the seeds of His image just by being what they are. Unhealthy things decline. Unhealthy things stay stuck. It's true in terms of us as individuals. It's true in terms of relationship. It's true in terms of churches. But so many of us as individuals and so many of us as churches don't live with the vision of God. Our lives are not driven forward by the vision of God. And we get stuck in places and, 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 I, and I hear Jesus say, we can't stay here. And he says we because he's here with us, leading us and moving us forward into a greater meaning, into God's greater vision of life, a vision that, that, that translates through time into eternity and connects them both powerfully. In John 4.35, the vision of God is huge. How any church can say it shouldn't be growing in light of John 4.35 just escapes me. Jesus says, do not say four more months in the harvest. In other words, do you understand what time it is? And do you not understand that in relation to the time, what's going on and what is to come? Do you not say four more months and then the harvest? And then he said, I tell you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields because they're white to harvest. And so Jesus is saying it's time to lift up our eyes. It's time to look around us. It's time to understand what's going on and, and what's about to come. And our part in that, the harvest is here. There are people everywhere searching for the love of God. They just need someone to bring them in. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, um, 
Jesus tells a parable about what time it is and the, and the time to growth and, and the power of seeds to become what they were destined to be even before, even before we can see the green through the ground. The scripture says that, that Jesus told them a parable in Matthew 13 about a farmer and his seeds. A farmer went out to sow his seeds. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered and they died. Again, remember, all of this is in the context of seeds and growth. Verse 7 says, Other seed fell on thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. But verse 8 is the key. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has an ear, Jesus said, let him hear. God's vision is eternal growth. He came that we might have eternal life, an eternal life that wouldn't start when we died so that his living with us was irrelevant during our time on earth. The whole point of Christ's coming is that, that his coming is a now coming. It is a seed planted in us that grows and produces fruit. Time is changed because eternity has invaded time. Christ has invaded our experience of life and, and we are forever changed because of it. But the church in America is dying and declining against the vision of God. And please understand, I'm not saying that, that God is using COVID-19 as punishment. I've already shared with you that I, I think this is more a, a natural expression of the instability and unsustainability of, of a broken and dying world. In other words, if there's a sign that says, thin ice, don't walk across it, and we walk across it, then then why are we surprised when we fall through? But I am saying that God uses all things, works in all things, and that in this season, I believe God is seeking to reinvent His church, to renew it, to give us a fresh anointing for those who have an ear and, and who will listen. 12% of, of, uh, fewer of Americans uh, today than in 2009 um, identify as Christians than than one decade ago. So let's contrast. Here is the reality of the church on planet earth. And then here's the vision of God. The vision of God is of unending eternal growth, bringing everyone in until heaven is as full as possible, until hell is as empty as possible, until every man, woman, boy, and girl has a growing personal relationship with Christ. Our work isn't done. And yet... We are in radical decline, and it's exponential. So it's not simply the case that every 10 years, 10 to 12% fewer people uh, are going to, to believe in the claims of Christ. It is going to increase beyond that if we don't listen to God. In 2009, according to the Pew Research, 17% of Christians were atheists or agnostics. In 2019, it's 26%. 54% said they attend worship in 09, and, and uh, often the self-reporting tends to be inflated. Um, in, in reality, last year it was 45%, so 9% fewer people are even saying they go to church. 
But even that, that 45% that today claim they're going to church, is generationally skewed heavily towards uh, the silent generation and towards boomers. The reality is that millennials are, are finding the church irrelevant in, in droves. The truth is that there are as many millennials who identify as, as never or nuns, uh, 22% as there are today who say they attend uh, church regularly, 22%. The point is that we are missing the vision of God for humanity. Now, in one sense, you can argue that's okay for, for people to whom Jesus is irrelevant. But for the church of the living God to miss the vision of God and be okay with it, to either adopt a posture of living in which we are, we are okay to move backwards or we are, are okay to live in circles that are ineffective is just preposterous. It's just absolutely offensive. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life here and now, and that you might have it to the full, to the overflow. And in Matthew 28, 17 through, through 20, Jesus, hard on the heels of the resurrection, said this. It, 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 in fact, you have to really back up um, a, a verse to uh, verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And, and so there's a, a portrait of the church, um, a mixture of fearful doubting and recoiling back from, from the reality of the resurrection and then uh, worship in awe and adoration and engagement and, and courageous faith. And the reality is, which of those two groups are going to dominate the church in the 21st century? And more specifically, which group are you going to be in? The group that's worshiping and, 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 and adoring and moving forward, or the group that is, that is hindered by doubt and frozen in fear. And then Jesus very clearly gave us our growing orders. Jesus then came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you are going, it's a participle, as you go, make disciples. It's, it's a command, as strong a command as the Greek language has. Make disciples of all nations, all ethnots, all people groups. In other words, you don't identify your own clan and identify other people as different than or other than you. No, you go beyond all barriers and you make disciples of all peoples and then you baptize them. You bring them into a committed life in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you don't stop there. You then teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And, and, and this, is, this is the command of Christ to follow on and to lead people in, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus promised this promise that is true in a COVID season. It is true in, in quarantine, in isolation. Uh, it, it is true in, in, in a 360 degree way. And surely I will be with you to the end of the age. Our purpose as a church is, is to make as many disciples as possible by creatively revealing the unending reigning love of the Father through the resurrected life of the Son and the absolutely unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. So, instead of living dazed and confused by this arrested season, 
we need to allow God to flood us with his vision of unlimited spiritual growth. We just celebrated Easter. God's love is more powerful than, than death itself. And so we have to decide, is our celebration at Easter an empty mockery of the empty tomb, or is it the overflowing through time reality of the power of the Spirit of God and, and the resurrected Christ? I mean, if we act like we can't grow, if we act like the gospel is hindered, if we act like that in some form or fashion we are stuck, we have missed the call of God, the vision of God, and the truth of, of the parable of the seed. All a seed has to do to grow is to be in the healthy soil of surrendered faith and dependent grace. God's Son is alive and on mission. He's not decayed and buried in some grave 2,000 years ago. God's Spirit is active and at work in a thousand unseen ways, ready to change the world and every willing church that's ready to believe in courage. So what time is it? It's time to grow. We've been given the time to grow, each one of us. I know there's, there's, a, there's some exceptions, but the majority of us have more free time on our hands um, or more scheduled time on our hands than, than we have ever had before in our lives. What will we do with it? We will be together again. The question is how? Will we be together again in decline? I guarantee you there will be many churches who come back together and say, oh, woe is me. We don't know what to do. We can't handle this. And, and we would grow if that is garbage. We will be together again. Are we going to be together again, waving a white flag, um, mocking the empty tomb? Are we going to be together again, trying to get back to our old ways and the old structures, circling the wagons defensively, or just circling in our own non-growing patterns and habits? The truth is, far too many of us have been stuck in non-growing habits, in non-growing patterns, in non-growing seasons, and this is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to grow up and to move forward. Whatever time you think it is in your life, it is time for you and I to grow in Christ as never before. And if not now, when? And if not now, why? So, in contrast to God's ever-increasing, growing vision of the resurrected Christ, are we going to be satisfied with the church in decline? I'm not. It's time to grow. How? Well, to grow in Christ, it's, it's really simple. You have to be in Christ. <laughs> pretty, pretty basic. You know, I, I sometimes um, you know, am amazed at your grace for, for sticking with me with my simplicity. But to grow in Christ, you have to be in Christ. Spiritual growth is not a program. Um, it isn't uh, something that we can control. It isn't something that we manufacture. Uh, it is not a, a, a three-step process. It's, it's far more free and far more, um, more infinite than that. Spiritual growth isn't a knowledge set. And, and although we do love the Lord our God with all our mind and we do grow in knowledge, the knowledge that we gain in Christ um, is, is not a, a, a religious knowledge, a facts about, a, 
a thinking about doctrines. Because what happens is that when we make knowledge a knowledge set, it's a thing that we can control. And then it's a thing that defines us and, and is a border set for who's in and who's out. The truth is, God isn't a thing. Uh, he is a person that calls us into relationship with Him. Religion is about accumulating God knowledge and then unconsciously depending on that knowledge to save us. And that's why we're so angry at people who don't agree with our specific God knowledge, um, you know, because they're threatening what we're trusting in to save us. But the truth is, our knowledge of, of things doesn't save us. The Son of God saves us. The person of Christ saves us. And our Spirit-led relationship with Jesus Christ leaves us in awe of everything and in control of absolutely nothing. To grow in Christ, how do we do that? Well, let me give you two, uh, two simple ways, and we're going to expand on this in the days to come. To grow in Christ, first of all, we have to be born into His family. We must be born again. And in John chapter 3, Jesus has a very surprising conversation with a very knowledgeable religious individual. And he simply declares in John 3, 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. I believe that born of the water refers to our our firstborn experience, that we are born um, of the flesh, um, you know, uh, from woman, and, and we are born into the world, and that starts this journey, but that is a, a, not a sustainable journey. The sustainable journey, the eternal journey, the, the, the everlasting journey is when we uh, are willing to believe in Jesus, to put our hope in Him, to humble ourselves, and to to trust Christ and to be born of the Spirit, to be born again. And, and then we begin a journey of relearning everything. How we love, how we live, how we forgive, how we trust, how we fear, how we act, how we use our time. You must be born again. And I just simply want to ask you as we begin this series, uh, declaring that it's time, are you born again? Have you surrendered your life and heart and will to Jesus Christ. And if not, it's time to do so. Nothing's ever going to get better. Uh, you're still going to either be moving backwards or circling in the same old broken patterns that you've been stuck in for a long, long time until you let Jesus in. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That door represents your heart, your will, your life. And he said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have fellowship with them and they with me. And so Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to kick down the door of your life. He is going to reveal his love for you. You have to respond in faith. And that response is to open the door and let him in and surrender the control of your life to him. And that's how you begin to grow in Christ. Are you born again? And if you're not, I want to ask you to let Jesus in by praying a simple prayer just like this. 
Jesus, that's his name, that's love's name, Jesus, I hear your voice. I, I hear about your love for me. I hear about the unsustainability of my life, that my sin has separated me from you. And so I'm opening the door of my life, Jesus. I let you in. Forgive me of my sin. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. And with that palms up surrender, a new journey begins. And then uh, it's a journey of growth from that point forward. The birth is, is begun. The child is brought home from the hospital. And the adventure uh, starts in, in a day-to-day -day kind of way. Not once a week, not once every seven weeks, but seven days a week, we begin a journey in Christ Jesus to grow in Christ we have to walk in his footsteps daily. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, Come and follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come follow me, Jesus said. Stay in my footsteps. There is so much in this passage. This is how we live, not in controlling religion, not in confidence that we know everything and that we've got this and and that, that I understand everything. No, we live in a divine mystery, in a divine presence. We wake up every day with Jesus at the foot of our bed saying, hey, come follow me into an adventure for today. And, and we don't know all the answers, and we don't know, um, you know, in fact, most of everything we don't know. It, it's like we live in, in, a, in, in, in a, a vast field of unknowns, but what we do know is that Jesus is right there in front of me. That Jesus is with me. That he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. That I don't have to know about the future. I just need to be able to look six feet in front of me and see my Savior proximate with me. I need to stay with him. I need to walk with him. He is going to be moving forward. You know, when Jesus said, follow me, I want you to think about the motion of that command. He is calling you forward ever up and ever in. And if you and I live stuck in our old patterns, our old uh, sorrows, our old angers, our old wounds, um, our old uh, arrogant self-confidence, if we live in the old, we're going to go backwards. And, and really, even the circling is backwards. The only way forward is to follow. And I, I'm telling you that I believe that God is offering a fresh anointing on His church and on us, a wake-up call to, to live our, our born-again, growing life, following Jesus in a more focused, everyday kind of way um, so, that, so that our life is repurposed, not only for us, but to have an impact on other people. You know, the truth is that if you are only focused on yourself, um, you're going to live a very small life. In fact, the smallest people are wrapped up in their own egos. They're the most wounded people. But the people in whom life overflows, they are trusting God to, to carry the, the weight of their life, and now they're free to, to help carry the load of the people around them. And, and the simple truth is that, that to be wrapped up in yourself makes for a very small package. But to have given your life to Jesus and to be on a growing forward journey to follow Him up is to be free to to let God use your life for His eternal purposes, that your life and time will echo 
throughout eternity, forever and ever and ever, in the joy of other people who know him more because they, they saw him in you. Guys, what time is it? It's time to get serious about following Jesus. I'm really looking forward to the days to come when you and I continue to, to understand what time it is and when we say yes to the growth of God in Christ. Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you are encouraged by Pastor Drew's message. And we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple of resources for you during this time of COVID-19, where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can, again, find those at sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, We're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a great day.